2: Hey, what's up? Sean here with another episode of Locked on Raptors. And on today's show, the Toronto Raptors lost a very ugly game to the Boston Celtics at the TD Garden last night. And Katie Heindel joins me to talk about it. We'll dig into our big takeaways. We'll dig into the dude of the game. It's going to be hard, I think. Slim Pickens and dude of the game contenders. But we got to stick with tradition. It's the segment everyone's calling for. We'll get to all that and so much more on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. I I expected to make it so I don't don't shoot kind of miss. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1055 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, November the 11th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, you can find the podcast on all your favorite podcast providers, whether they be the podcast apps or on YouTube for the low, low price of On The House, absolutely free. So please go subscribe, follow, tell a friend, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's much appreciated. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. should also know that today's show is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, on today's show, the Toronto Raptors lost in Boston last night, 104-88 in a game where the offense never got going. Joining me to talk about this game and to help me through this, as you can hear, I have the frayed voice of a man who was watching a punk rock show along uh, all sorts of uh, similarly shaped and uh, (laughs) dressed dudes. There were a lot of jean jackets at the Titus Andronica show last night, so I only caught the Raptors in 30 and have been sort of perusing some highlights and box scores, but Katie Heindel watched this game in full and uh, you did the lord's work here katie because uh, boy oh boy this did not end well for the toronto raptors how are you
3: i'm good you don't actually sound that bad i have to say oh
2: i feel like in my head like the vibrations of my vocal cords are like rattling in the back of my brain mm-hmm. uh, This is not good over here uh, i thought you <laughs> were
3: i thought you were gonna be um like when you told me what you were doing last night i thought you mm. would be a little bit more shredded today maybe feel uh... physically shredded
2: yeah you You know what it is is you're wearing a mask when you're at concerts now and Mm -hmm. i think like the like the condensation inside the mask maybe keeps your vocal cords a little fresher i don't know yeah moistens them up yeah yeah Gross, (laughs)
3: Gross,
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, <disgusting> but true. <laughs> vocal cord science, definitely. Uh, we should bring a scientist on to confirm this very accurate theory. Uh, either way, Katie, last night's game, we, let's dig into it, shall we? Uh, sure. the Raptors lose 104 88. Scotty Barnes looked really good. We'll talk about Scotty Barnes and we will have a due to the game to hand out, but we should probably just dig into sort of your biggest takeaway from watching this one as the Raptors' offense really really struggled to get anything going against the Celtics.
3: Yeah, I think what struck me was just like you knew the Celtics were going to come out like this after getting blown out in their home opener and basically humiliated. I think they had had an all players meeting after two more games, you know, like they had a pretty bad start to their season. Mm -hmm. So they did their homework, you know, I think like the Celtics made adjustments. I think they even took a page out of Toronto's playbook and they really capitalized on offensive rebounds. Um, Mm -hmm. That was like just something that they were pushing all game. And, you know, the Raptors were down two games coming into this. They had like some time off. So I was a little bit surprised that they didn't adjust, even that they didn't really make adjustments in this one as they went. Mm -hmm. Um, Last night, that's what kind of struck me. Like they looked pretty sticky. Um, Mm -hmm. They looked a little bit tired. Uh, They didn't really look as, you know, things have been, I wouldn't say they've looked at the sharp, like sharp all season. Sharp is not a way I would describe Toronto, but they can usually eke out a rhythm and sort of figure things out on the fly. And they didn't really have that. Uh, I think they were chasing, they were pretty much chasing all game.
2: Yeah, that's been, I I think like the tale of a lot of these sort of recent Raptors teams without Kawhi Mm -hmm. Leonard, right? Like in the post Kawhi era is everything feels a little bit labored, but eventually they kind of have it all locked into place and they'll have runs where things kind of all come together and it kind of is a feedback loop, loop, right? Like the defense feeds their offense that Mm -hmm. makes their offense easier to come by. Like it, it just, it kind of, it's a team that very much has like a snowball effect to it and Sometimes you're going to have a game where the snowball never gets rolling and it's stuck at the top of the hill because it's too wet or something like that. Back to talking about things that are wet. I, we're going to stop that. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, so I'm wondering, you know, I, I think this game, you should expect games like this for this team, right? Like, we knew that this was going to be a struggle offensively. I wrote after the first game of the season against the Wizards where they scored 83 points and really outside of, like, a four-minute stretch looked as bad as you could possibly look on offense – you know, their defense, much like it did last night, kind of kept them in it either way. But I, I wrote that like th- you're gonna see this. This is gonna be what the worst of the Raptors looks like, and it's gonna happen. It's a shame it took place against the Celtics because you never want good things for the Celtics. And boy, watching back some of the uh the highlights this morning from the NBC Boston feed. I I can't do it, man. <laughs> they call him Pascal Sayakum, They call him OG Bini. Like, they're they terrible. But either way, that's besides the point. I, I just think, you know, you, you have to expect that there are going to be games like this, and you would hope that as the season goes along, there'll be further and fewer between.
3: Mm-hmm. I do
2: kind of want to ask you, though, Katie, sort of that to that snowball effect type conversation. You know, I've made the point over the years that I think Nick Nurse's team's If he's ever given just like the same set of players for more than five games in a row, they usually will go on a run. It hasn't happened often because Mm -hmm. they've been so sort of, you know, up and down with injuries ever since the the title defense season, frankly. And so we've never really gotten to see it it kind of hit full force. But I, I, I guess this kind of goes to the sort of integration of Pascal Siakam. And do you think that it's going to sort of eventually click into place here or are, are there, it's just two games and obviously, you know, some good things have happened that first half against the Nets was amazing, mm-hmm. but are you concerned at all about the fit of, you know, this new starting five, the Raptors are rolling out there, or is it a, you know, a thing where you're looking at, Oh, maybe one guy should maybe shift to the bench. Should they change up the rotation patterns just to kind of give guys more space to do their thing? Or do you think that that starting five, which uh should be said looks, Demonic on defense, uh, you know, do you think it's just going to take some time here to, to kind of figure things out and click into place?
3: It's just going to take time, and I think yeah. you know, patience with Siakam. I mean, Fred Bentley talked about that in, in his post game, too, right? You know, like, yeah, Pascal is coming back into a lineup where like the spacing is way different, the rhythm is going to be way different because of that, and like, he is a player we know who takes a little bit to get into the swing of things as is, even when things mm-hmm. are. It, extremely familiar to him and they're not right now that said I do actually wonder if it wouldn't benefit Siakam more and I could, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of push and pull on this end but I mm-hmm. think Siakam has to almost adapt himself more to everything that's been ongoing rather mm-hmm. than I wonder if there's this expectation for him that the team should adapt to him right. right um the the nice thing would be kind of in the middle but you've got this team and these kind of I don't know loose rotational you know, like the loose lineups as they are now mm-hmm. sort of well underway already. Um, and so I think it would be a much faster fit. If siakam could meet them where they are, because we've yeah. already seen some really phenomenal things from like the groups that nurses putting out there. Um, mm-hmm. And you can see where they would all benefit from Pascal shooting once that comes back. Because again, I do really think that is just a rhythm thing. You know, yeah. I th- like Fred, Fred made some really great points about that in his post game. And just like, you know, especially in a game like last night, it's extremely hard to chip away at a lead uh, when you're kind of disrupting any sense of your own rhythm with like, for them, that was like turnovers. They had five turnovers in the fourth quarter. And I think like any time it seemed like they were, they had their legs under them. They almost kicked them out from under themselves, which was very frustrating to watch. Right. But like, you can't, you can't catch up that way. And again, for a player like Pascal who needs that rhythm, um, there was really no, no, it wasn't really doing him any favors um, and he's mm-hmm. still in a minute restriction, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that's... that's it.
3: That's it too. Like you can't play all game and hope to catch a rhythm later as the game goes on when you know you're you you have a very set amount of time that you can be in it right so i'm sure there's like a lot more at play again it's only been two games Uh, i think there's going to be some adjustments you know fred said he said he's even saying to pascal like you just got to be patient Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i mean i think patience is certainly the thing to be uh, employed here for Mm -hmm. everybody involved the players on the court the people watching it nick nurse like it's going to take some time to reintegrate Siakam and like I empathize with Siakam here too because like there's all this talk in the offseason all right now I'm the guy I'm going to take over and then all of a sudden there's this 20 year old who's uh, scoring 21 every night and Mm -hmm. is like the center of the universe and and look I I think Siakam is still the better player and uh, I think eventually he'll kind of rise to the top of the pecking order but It's got to be kind of weird kind of thinking, all right, well, we got this big three all of a sudden. Now we got four dudes who you kind of are building around and it's an adjustment. It's not a bad thing necessarily. It's actually one of them good problems that you have too many six foot nine wings who are good and awesome. But it's going to take a little bit for everyone to kind of figure out and, and learn to play off of one another. The nice thing is that they all kind of have a very, you know, high basketball sort of, you know, set of instincts and, uh, you know, play well off of one another. And I think their skills complement each other pretty well. So I think it will come around, but I think the minutes restriction point is really good too. In that, you know, if you're a rhythm team like we've talked about, if you're the snowball effect team, if you're starting the snowball all over again every six minutes because Pascal Siakam has been taken out, you're never going to have that big beautiful snowball that you're rolling down onto the road onto oncoming traffic. You're sticking
3: um, with this analogy, I can tell. I you. am.
2: <laughs> I, I really, I, I think I've landed on something here. Uh, I, I also should say that the times where the small ball lineup looks good. It looks incredibly good like even mm-hmm. just like the first you know bucket the Raptors scored in the game which was the lob to Scotty Barnes on the in the pick and roll. I mean that's why you have Scotty Barnes as like your nominal center he is a vertical threat he can finish around the basket. he also is just like a genius cutter and knows where to stand even if he's not spacing quote unquote, He's still, like, making the defense think because he's kind of in those soft pockets in the dunker spot or whatever it might be. Uh, You know, Siakam hit him with a really nice pass sort of big-to-big at one point. I think it's going to work out just fine, and I'm not worried there. And I think, you know, just as they get more bodies back too, it'll kind of stabilize the entire operation. Kem Birch not being there is obviously huge. He's been massive so far. And Yuta Watanabe could be back as soon Mm -hmm. as the end of this week, perhaps early next week. And I think he's going to inject a little bit of sort of, you know, iq playmaking instincts that type of stuff as well which is nice um we're going to continue on here katie we're going to dig into scotty barnes uh because how can you not talk about scotty barnes when he puts up 21 7 and 4 on 7 of 11 shooting uh we'll get to that in one second here but first i want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag who are back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season is here with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot For all the basketball and football action this season, head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus upon your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you will receive that bonus, meaning if you put in 100 bucks, you get 150 bucks in your account magically to play with. That is an awesome deal from basketball, football, baseball, uh, futures, when you know, odds for next season, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. All
2: right, Katie, let's continue on here. I just wanted to note one little small sample size theater thing about the starting lineup. Uh, 27 minutes, a 98.1 offensive rating, a 107.5 defensive rating, minus 9.4 overall. Very small sample stuff. Playing two good teams. The Celtics seem to have kind of gotten their stuff together. I'm not too worried about it just yet. Just wanted to note that as an addendum to the conversation in the last segment. Uh, Katie, Scotty Barnes in this game had 21 points, seven boards, four assists, as I was keeping tabs on this game on my phone, I kept just gravitating to Scotty Barnes's numbers and like, oh, well, it can't be that bad. Look at what Scotty's doing. Uh, <laughs> what was I guess what was your experience watching the full breadth of that game last night from Scotty Barnes? And uh, I, I guess my my sort of bigger arching question here is bigger arching. overarching question here is, does the loss or any loss matter if Scotty Barnes is looking like this?
3: Um, I have to say it wasn't as soothing to me mm. <laughs> as it was to you. Like it didn't take the sting off as much, you know, Right, um, right. watching in real time. But that mm-hmm. said, like, that's something I've found since the season started is like, it's just a pleasure and a joy mm-hmm. to watch Scotty Barnes do anything, mm-hmm. like anything at all. Um, and how, and like also just in terms of his decision-making in real time, how, how like far advanced that is, you know, like when the Raptors drafted Scotty Barnes, I think the rhetoric around it was like, this is a, he's a bit of a raw player, right? Like he's a raw guy, but we see the upside, um, and it's huge, but he's not been playing that raw at all. Right. Like he has really taken. I know we've talked about this before, but he's really taken even the lessons starting with summer league and then going into training camp and now just like a few games in. And I'm the last person who's like, let's pile on all of our expectations, you know, <laughs> on a teenager, basically, be- because I'm really trying to hold myself back from that. Um, mm-hmm. But when you see the way that he's playing now and like the coolness overall again yeah. like his decision making is what's floored me because mm-hmm. even in like a even in like a pinch or just like a scramble which the raptors have had a lot of uh this season <laughs> you know he's just he's he's letting the game come to him which mm-hmm. is a very rare thing even for experienced players but certainly for rookie players so no it didn't take the sting off last night's game but it has <laughs> been a real, like, joyful thread through this early season.
2: Yeah, I mean, he had a play last night. Even his misses have, like, really nice and fun and, you know, wonderful qualities to them. There was mm-hmm. one, he was just kind of bringing it up the floor, kind of, like, semi-transition. He puts himself in the paint, pulls up, stops, takes a look around, realizes there's not an option. He's like, all right, let's put up a floater. He missed it, but, like, it's just, like, really quick processing but done slowly, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, he, he mm-hmm. just does not ever seem rushed. And, yeah, you know, the rawness and all of that. I wonder if just, like, the conversation about rawness for players is, like, too much tied to, like, shooting form. Because, very obviously, he's got polish just in terms of, like, being a basketball player and knowing where to be and, you know, throwing, you know, deft passes and all that stuff. Like... That stuff, you don't just like learn that stuff between the end of your college season and the start of the NBA. A lot of that's just innate. And that feels like it was really underrated in the draft process. And, uh, you know, I I wonder if maybe, you know, people start looking and, oh, this guy just like knows how to play basketball. Yeah, we should maybe draft this guy and think that if if we think the shooting is the one thing that will unlock him, then, yeah, maybe he's raw from a shooting perspective. But overall, like, he's not raw in any way. So that's been a delight to watch. I, I also, think you know going back to the point of like the starting lineup like you mentioned his playmaking his decision making it's gonna play so well as that operator in the middle of the floor with space mm-hmm. around him assuming Pascal can kind of get back to shooting but even if Pascal doesn't get back to shooting like there's enough that he can do like off the catch that you know I think it can kind of work as spacing anyway and You know, when you have OG Trent and Fred around him, eventually those guys are going to hit their shots. We talked earlier this week with Vivek about the three point shooting and how it's been really bad this season. And, you know, is it to do with the way the Raptors are playing? Is it small sample theater? Is it just kind of, you know, make or miss league Doug type stuff? But, you know, I, I think at some point here, that lineup in particular is going to click in and there are enough guys who have proven that they're good enough shooters on this team that you're going to be able to unlock another level of Scotty just because he's surrounded by those guys that he can kind of connect with. So yeah, you know i'm finding myself really really at ease with everything this season every Mm -hmm. loss i'm just like yeah they lost but scotty barnes threw down an awesome reverse dunk and ripped it out of kevin durant's hands like a baby yeah they lost but scotty put up 21 7 and 4 yeah they lost but scotty like it's i i I, i'm having a hard time like excuse me there's the voice um i'm having a hard time getting like in the feelings when they lose games because they're already ahead of schedule because Scotty Barnes is ahead of schedule in a way that I don't think anybody expected. Um, mm-hmm. You know, are you kind of feeling that same sensation? I know like last night's loss didn't really get the the sting taken away, but mostly probably I would assume because the Celtics, but uh, <laughs> um, like, are you kind of feeling like that same sort of general feeling of ease this entire season, just kind of knowing that a lot of it's gravy because Scotty Barnes is already this good?
3: It's not just Barnes. But I think the thing that I am uh, telling myself is that our expectations of the team, like realistically, our expectations should have been, it would have been nice to get some wins in right, you know, but like, the team's already a lot better, I think, than even we were allowing ourselves to think because there was a lot of greenness. There was a lot of new guys coming into the rotation. They were back in the city for the first time. You know, there was all of this other stuff. Um, They were also coming off like the worst season. Like this is what I think of. I think of like Fred and Pascal and OG Boucher. Like these are guys that have been on winning consistently winning teams for their Mm -hmm. entire NBA careers. Right. Like teams that would make the playoffs Maybe it like how far you went in the playoffs would vary, but <laughs> you would be consistently winning and it was all, you know, under Kyle Lowry. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think there's going to be a big adjustment for, to go from last season in Tampa to this season. And also now, like I was thinking about this too, like Fred and Pascal, like those are the guys that have to, when slumps like this happen or when you've got rough games where like the rhythm is just like a nightmare, you know, and the shooting isn't there and you have to like figure out how to make opportunities for yourself. Now it's up to Fred and Pascal to do that. So I imagine mm-hmm. there's, um, there's an adjustment there that I don't think we're giving enough credit for that might take some time. But all of that said, they're still performing much better collectively mm-hmm. as a team and gelling as a team um like gary was talking about this after practice the other day before they went on the road was just like we're a really good team he's like yeah. i don't know that people really give us credit for that but like we're a really good team like and he's like what i mean by that is like we try really hard yeah so i think all of this stuff is going to kind of smooth itself out As the Season goes on there's and off games like last night inevitably but already are just in a better position, I think, than we could have really hoped for. Because we were maybe hoping for what, like Ooh, it could be like a really rough and ugly season. But now mm-hmm. it's like, well, oh, we got a couple of rough and ugly games. But overall, yeah. I think like you know the upsides. The upsides. The upside uh, is there, and it's overcoming kind of the downside of everything.
2: Yeah, and there's a very real chance that they go into Philly tonight in the second night of a back-to-back, even with Pascal not available, uh, mm-hmm. and you know take that G League-looking roster that doesn't have anyone available to uh, to the woodshed, and it's seven and six, and you're kind of happy. You know, I think you should be happy with where they're at either way. Like they again mm-hmm. like ahead of schedule by quite a bit, I would say. And, and you know, obviously, Scotty's a big part of that. But, you know, the the growth of OG and, and Fred and all that stuff is all tied into that as well. Um, Katie, we're going to finish off uh, the podcast in just a sec with the dude of the game as selected by you. We'll get to that in one second here. But first, got to tell you about our pals over at Mick mcdonald's they have been proudly serving communities since 1965 and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by them it has always been a place more to get more than just tasty affordable food it's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable wi-fi and an endless supply of french fries and mcflurries win or lose it's a place where teammates competitors and the home team or the away team can go to recharge I loved stopping at McDonald's after a soccer game in my youth or something like that. It was wonderful. It's the place you can always look forward to stopping on a long road trip as well to rest your legs and refuel. I uh, love going to McDonald's myself. I uh, <laughs> I partake quite often, and uh, it's just I, I can't really – everyone knows. You just go to McDonald's because you know something has happened, and there's usually some sort of gathering. You're going with friends after a night out, whatever it might be. You can even watch sports at McDonald's. They have TVs there, and they have sports on. I've watched World Cup soccer games there before. So uh, head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked on Raptors watch party at McDonald's? Who's to say? It might happen in the future. Either way, thank you so much to McDonald's for sponsoring the podcast. ba up i am loving it.
0: Part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
2: all right katie sorry to make you uh, listen to me sing um, nice jingle thank you so much <laughs> i'm really working on the pipes over here uh, it's the mask again it's warming up the pipes uh, mm-hmm. but That's uh great. katie we have reached the part of the show that uh everyone clamors for at this point it is the uh due to the game the segment that is taking over the globe the uh, Lionel Banton currently your due to the game leaderboard champion with two due to the game nods. I put it to you for the very first time, Katie. Who is your due to the game from a game that did not have that many contenders to win due to the game?
3: Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, but I would I want to go back to what I said earlier about Fred because again, mm-hmm. well, so okay, Fred's a due to the game. Hell yeah, uh, I'll I'll make it official. Uh, but I think to me it is going back to this idea that the amount that he has on his shoulders this season, that I think he's going to learn in real time throughout every game, but also like that. He never damn, look at that. (laughs) That He never, (laughs) he never really like, under that way, like you don't see the pressure of it on him, yeah. if that makes sense. And I think that's, you know, that's a testament a little bit to Kyle Lowry, but it's more of a testament to Fred VanVleet and the way that I think he stepped into the role of team leader this season. For like with Pascal out to start too, so he doesn't even really get to share that uh, on the floor, yeah. or he didn't to start. And I think when he talks about things like rhythm and communication and like creating opportunities and just like he sees the game. Um, a little bit, like we talked a little bit earlier about like how Scotty lets the game come to him. And I think Fred has yeah. this really wonderful bird's eye view of the game. So like yeah. a loss, like last night, like he's a competitor, you know, like he's like, it sucks. Like, we're not happy with that. I'm never happy with a loss, but he's able to kind of fold it into the stride of the season now. Um, and kind of look to what's next. And I have no doubt that he'll make adjustments going into Philly tonight and impart those on the team. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think right now, like, The communication is there, but it needs to be honed. But I really trust Fred Van Lee to do that.
2: Yeah, I I mean, he's just like the greatest quote in the NBA, shortlist at the very least. And like, he just, you feel like he, as much as he like makes fun of the media and stuff, like I don't like to talk to non-basketball people. Like he very much like is trying to offer the most thoughtful answer he can provide in any given context. And I think that, If he's talking like that to the media, I can only imagine what his conversations are like with the very young team he's kind of shepherding along here after a loss like that. And I think it's really good to have somebody with that sort of big picture mindset in the room. And yeah, every game that you lose is going to sting because you're professionals and your competitors and all of that. But I think to have sort of a guy who after a loss like that can kind of walk in and reset things and say, hey, yeah, that sucked. But like Mm -hmm. there's lots to be happy about here. Basically, employing the it's fine philosophy, really going after my heart. Eh, uh, <laughs> I would say,
3: uh, <laughs>
2: no. It's fine. The agenda, we'll, we'll stop there. Either way, okay. yeah, I think he, um, it's just a really nice thing to know that that is the steadying presence within the locker room and that, you know, there, there's not any sort of leadership void by any means after who left over the offseason um he also uh hit four of the six threes the raptors hit in this game uh yeah i was <laughs> gonna say
3: if we want to talk impressive. about shooting like if yeah. we want to talk about shooting and shot creation you know like um it does remind me i know but we're gonna have to stop making comparisons to to kyle larry but when those yep. games were you'd be like kyle had such a quiet game and then you'd go mm. back and look at the box score <laughs> Yeah. Be like, oh no, he didn't. But he also yeah. like carried the game through, right? And was like generative of the energy that the team needed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Fred Van Vliet gets his first due-to-the-game win. Uh, you know, this has gone mostly to like the role players and bench dudes on the team. It's nice to see the starters get a due-to-the-game nod as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he joins Gary Trent Jr., Delano Banton, and Malachi Flynn as uh the only members of the team who have won dude of the game i will
3: say you did jog my memory there was a moment when malachi climbed he tried to like piggyback was it on robert (laughs) williams uh so like good runner-up for dude of the game right under the basket like that's sure that is one way to disrupt the shot
2: I mean, he got the due to the game nom exclusively on that from that Cavs game for that under the basket, you know, sorcery he pulled, ripping it from your boy Jarrett Allen's hands. Um, that's uh, that. That was enough to win it. Win it for him that time as well. As much as I know, that pained you because of uh, your Jarrett Allen affiliations. Um, by the way, go read got Katie's his
3: piece. Game.
2: yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> that, that three uh, made up for all of it. But yeah, go read Katie's wonderful piece on Jarrett Allen that came out yesterday. Go do it um katie that i think does it for today's episode and i really appreciate you being here as always when you stop by it's the greatest thing in the world you're going to come back tomorrow we're going to talk about the game against the sixers which is going to be grand i'm sure a whole (laughs) lot of tyrese maxi we're going to be watching tonight 38 shots from tyrese maxi i'm here for it katie thank you for being here anything that you would like to promote for the good people out there
3: Ah, uh, you already did it for me. Thanks, man. You can read that Jared <laughs> Allen feature uh, on Dime. It's kind of uh, it's the header on the main page right now, so you can't miss it.
2: Excellent! And uh, everyone, go uh, subscribe to Basketball Feelings as well. It's the greatest thing in the world, and uh, your podcast over there is awesome too. So go and check it out. And you can find me, of course, at Woodley Sean on Twitter. You can subscribe to, rate, review, follow, all that good stuff. Your favorite podcast apps and YouTube. Uh, you can find the podcast. It's always appreciated when you support it there. And uh, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now, go make Locked On Fantasy Basketball your second listen of the day as Josh Lloyd is covering all you need to know about fantasy basketball as the season progresses. So go check them out over there on YouTube as well. And we will talk to you again tomorrow with Katie Heindel talking about the Sixers game to round out the week. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, prime members.